0: Many of you watching are in that summer season of raising your family, raising your kids. We're going to talk about that today as we continue this teaching series on the seasons of marriage. So glad you've joined us. I'm Steve Hogg, pastor at First Baptist Church in Rock Hill, and I'm praying that God helps you and your family today through this message. Now This morning we're continuing the, the teaching series, Seasons of, of Marriage, and we said there's four seasons the spring of young love, the summer of raising kids, raising your family, the fall of the empty nest, and the winter of the golden years. Today we're talking about the summer, the summer season when you're raising your family. But I want to begin by celebrating the goal that, uh, that all of us have, and, and, and that's reaching those golden years in love. And back over here we have Jimmy and Jill Watts who this Wednesday celebrate 60 years of marriage. Their families with them. So Jimmy and Jill, would you stand? Let us celebrate you. Yeah. Now, I, I need to ask them to come to the next service where all the young folk are so they, the, the young folk can know you can do that. But congratulations and God, God bless you because that's really what all of us want. And, and there are many of you we, last week, now, I had you stand based on how long you've been married, and there were so many of you in here who've been married 40 years, 50 years, and longer, and I, I praise God for that. But I want to ask you do, you, do you remember when you first started dating? You remember when you were young and, and, and love was new and fresh and, and, and you held hands all the time? You remember those days when, you know, uh, the seats went all the way across the front of the car, and she was so close to you, you were one, and it's a miracle we didn't all wreck and die? You remember those days? Yeah, you do. I remember the first time I held Monisa's hands. I thought, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> Loved it. And and I want you to keep holding hands. Uh, Friday, I was going into the, the Home Depot up here on Cherry, Cherry Road, and uh, two of our members were walking in front of me, so I took a picture from behind. That's Jim and Jackie Davis. And uh, by the way, I showed it. I caught up with them inside and showed them the photograph. But I thought that was really neat. Here they are, you know, walking hand-in-hand into the Home Depot. So all of y'all reaching over and holding hands right now, right? You need to hold hands, okay? There's something about physical touch that helps us through the seasons of life. And one of the worst things you can do in the summer heat of raising kids is to stop holding hands. Stop sitting close together and snuggling and loving on one another because too many couples do that in the summer season and 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 that simple physical act eventually becomes illustrative of other distance of other separation that gradually grows because you and i know for a fact that too many couples divorce during the summer season right too many couples don't take care of marriage in the summer season and then when they hit the fall of the empty nest they don't know each other and it's a struggle to thrive and some don't. And there's a lesson in life. I want you to get, if you get nothing else out of this sermon today because, see, some of you, some of you are in the summer season, right? You're, you're in the summer season. You, you've got kids at home. Here, here's the most important lesson I want you to get out of this whole message today. What you plant in the spring You have to take care of in the summer or it will wither and die. How many of you have ever gotten excited in March, April, going to Lowe's, Home Depot, one of the other places around here and bought some flowers, some annual flowers that bloom and they're beautiful and you put them out. You get some perennials and you plant them. And then in the summer you get busy with everything else and you don't water them, you don't take care of them, you don't fertilize them and what happens to them. You ever plant anything that died? See, the, the, the young love of spring, what you plant in the spring, you can't ignore during the summer thinking it's going to be beautiful in the fall. What you plant in spring, you have to nurture in the summer. So I want every couple in here, every person in here, you're raising kids. You still have kids at home. I want you to stand up right now, okay? You've got, you have kids at home, whatever their age, preschool on up, they're at home. You have kids at home. Go ahead and stand up. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I that must have been pretty funny. I'll tell, tell you something. You all are in a season of life that is filled with tremendous blessings and tremendous challenges. You are in a season that is so much fun and can also be very frustrating, right? So I want everybody else who's sitting down to pray for those who are standing up. Okay? This message is primarily for those of you who are standing. Now, everybody in here can benefit and those of you who are in the fall of marriage or the, the golden years of marriage, the winter of, of marriage, you have, you have adult children, you have grandchildren, you have friends. You can help them. So I hope you'll listen and take some notes because we can always learn, right? Thank you, guys. Y'all can be seated. And I, I, I'm praying today blesses you, encourages you, maybe challenges you a little bit. See, Monisa and I, we're in the, we're in the, we're in the fall of life, we're in that fall season. We have the empty nest. We're happy. We like the empty nest. It's fun. We love our kids. We miss them, but not enough for them to move back home. (laughs) This the fall is a good season. We 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 enjoy it. Okay? Now our children, Stephen and Jacqueline, they're in the early days of summer. Jacqueline has, you know, Liam who's first grade, and then Liliana, who's three, and Stephen and Sarah just had their first. They're in those early days of the of the, the summer season. And um, Friday evening and Saturday we spent time down in Lexington, South Carolina with Stephen and Sarah and, and um, Emily, our, our uh, newest grandchild. And I want to say to those, those of you who are in the summer season, I don't know everything, but I do know a few things about the summer because I went through it. I lived through it, okay? When, when monica and I moved to Rock Hill, I was 29 years old. She was 28 years old. Stephen was 15 months, and we were pregnant with Jacqueline. And uh, we made it. And I remember the summer. It was fun. It was challenging. We made mistakes. We did some things that were good. Uh, Monisa made the decision. She wanted to be home. So she'd been a social worker in Kentucky in Sumter before we moved here. And for a few years she stayed home and then eventually went back to work part-time and then full-time. And And I remember one of the mistakes I made was when we moved here and uh, she quit working outside the home. And she's going to stay home and keep the kids. I thought, okay, great you're not working, you can do it. And I let her. And I, I worked really hard in the early days of this church. And, and and we used to have a lot of committees and a lot of committee meetings and there was a lot of nights. And, and, and I didn't realize at the time how unconsciously I, I started doing less than I had done when we were in Sumter. She's, she's not working outside the home, she's got time. That's one of the mistakes I made. I I, but I, I remember I remember uh, sitting for what seemed like an eternity at those gymnastics matches so that uh, after waiting for an hour, there, there would be that you know few seconds when my little girl would do her thing, and, and then she'd jump up and do this and that big old smile, and, and I'd sit there for an hour of boredom for that five seconds of a beautiful smile. Can I get a witness? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Long school programs. Those of you who are in education, learn how to do programs quicker. Baseball games, basketball games. Thank God there wasn't soccer with my kids. Track and field, birthday parties, sleepovers. I'm just tired thinking about it. I remember those days. And, and, and what I want to say to you, sometimes people think because I'm a preacher... God just gives me magical powers. And I enjoy sitting in that gym for hours. No, I didn't. Hey, okay, I was a real dad. I was a real husband. So I get it. I've been there. Did some of it well and some of it not so well. And uh, what I want to do is share with you some Bible verses, some Bible teaching, some Bible truth. And some practical lessons that I've learned from others and even from my own experience. And and you have to remember as a preacher, I talk to a lot of people. I meet with a lot of couples. I see and hear a lot of stuff. And so I want to share with you biblical truth and some practical lessons that I hope will help you uh, during the summer season of marriage. And so if, if you have your Bible... Open it to Psalm 127. Now, let me me give you this caveat. We're not all the same. Our circumstances are different. You know, we go about things differently. No two, two couples, no two families are going to do everything identical. I get that, okay? But as followers of Christ, we live by biblical principles. We live by scripturally defined priorities and values. And because we believe in wisdom, we learn from those who have succeeded. And we, and we learn cautionary tales from those who have failed. And so even though the circumstances are different and we all have, you know, we, we all do things a little bit differently, there are some basics that all of us have to get right if we're going to do well. Does that sound fair? And so we're going to look at some of that. Now, I want to start off on a very positive note, Psalm 127. And I just want to remind you that you're rascals, you're growing, you're raising, you're rascals, and some of them are rascals, uh, they're also blessings, right? Now, you may not want to admit it in public that your kid at times is a rascal, but you know he is. But he's also a blessing. Psalm 127, verse 3, Behold, children are What? What? A gift from the Lord. Remember that when they wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. A gift from the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. And we, we go into marriage and we have these children and we know that. They're such a blessing. And, and I mean, how else do you explain holding a, a new baby for the very first time and, and there's just instant love and you can't explain it? It's just a miracle, right? And by the way, those of, those of you in the fall and, and winter season, we understand it's, it's, even, it's the same thing with grandkids, right? I mean, it's just instantaneous it's amazing how that how that works because children really are a gift from God. they really are a reward, a blessing and uh but the, but they also come with some other stuff. they come with needs that you have to take care of. They make demands on your energy, your schedule, your life, there are challenges and and there's frustrations. If you don't believe there are frustrations with kids, you've never raised teenagers. So it's all of that, right? It's all, it's all of that. There are blessings and there's 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 needs. And here's, here's one of the challenges. If we're not careful, during the summer season of raising our kids, we can develop tunnel vision. So that about the only thing we're looking at, the only thing we're seeing, the only thing we're focusing on are those kids. And when you have tunnel vision, you miss the things on the periphery. You can't go through life, through any season of life, with just tunnel vision. You have to have a broader perspective, see things more clearly than that. Now, notice the very next verse. We're going to say in Psalm 127 for a few moments. Verse 3, they're a gift, they're a blessing, they're a reward. But verse 4 says they're like arrows that you shoot. Now, an arrow is to be shot, okay? It doesn't do you any good as long as it stays in the quiver, in the the pouch on your back. You've got to shoot it. You are raising your kids for them to leave home, not to stay. That's your God-given purpose, is to prepare them for life after you. They are to be shot, not held on to. And some parents forget that. And the more you forget it, the more your kids are going to rebel. And the more you forget that, the more you're going to have tunnel vision and forget each other. Children are arrows meant to be shot. But when you shoot an arrow, it's like shooting a gun. You need to aim it at something. Because you don't want that arrow to end up just anywhere, do you? There's a target out there. There's a, there's a bullseye out there. You need to aim that arrow at. And listen, one of the things that, that you need to aim the arrow As you're raising your children, you need need to aim at teaching your kids how to have a great marriage. When you're raising your children, you need to aim your relationship with your spouse in such a direction that you're teaching them how to hit that mark also and be a great husband, a great wife, have a loving, satisfying, passionate marriage. You need to aim your children at that. Now, one of the Bible verses we like to quote is Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way he should go when he's old. What? You're not Training. What are, you, what are you? What are you training your kids to become? See, our kids learn from us all the time, right? Do you know that the way we talk to each other, talk about each other, we're training our kids. Do you know that when we're together or not together, what we do and how we are, we're training our kids? When we're affectionate with our spouse or we're never affectionate with our spouse, we're training our kids. When we hold her hand or never hold her hand, we're training our kids. When we learn forgiveness and Patience and kindness and gentleness. We're training our kids. And when we don't do those things, we're training our kids. We're aiming that arrow all the time. And what I'm telling you is during the summer season of life, if you just focus on your kids' activities and not training them how to be God's kind of grown-up, you're not training them the right way. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a big thing. And some of us are not very intentional about it. I want to encourage you to be intentional. I wanted wanted my kids when they're growing up to, to see me hugging their mother. I wanted them to see me kiss their mother. I wanted them to see me sit beside their mother on the couch when we watched movies. I wanted them to see my arm around her. I wanted them to see me holding her hand because I knew in doing so I was teaching them. We're aiming, our children, even when it comes to marriage. Now, last Sunday when we talked about the spring of young love, one of the the truths we discovered in Scripture going back to the book of Genesis is that there are two priority relationships in life. You remember that? God. You know, created in God's image. And I said, before there was husband and wife, there was God and man. The priority relationship in life is your relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's always the priority relationship, and nothing ever takes the place of that. It shapes everything else in your life. The second priority relationship we said was with your spouse. Because after there was God and man, there was husband and wife, and God in Genesis created Adam, said it's not good for him to be alone, he made a helpmate, brought her to him, and the Bible says, then a man is to leave his father and mother and cleave, cling to his wife, and they become one flesh, and that the only person you'll ever be one flesh with is supposed to be who? Your spouse. You'll never be one flesh with your kids, with your parents, with your cousins, with your friends, with your coworkers. You're one flesh with your spouse. That's the second priority relationship in your life, and that relationship stays number two through every season of life. It doesn't change in any season. You don't put it number three during the summer season of raising your kids. None if you do it God's way. You see, you want to teach your children. Now listen, you want to teach your children how to keep love alive. Now, I acknowledge, I I understand there's some of you feeling some real deep pain because it didn't work this way in your life. I I understand that. And I want you to know that God loves you. There's forgiveness. I I want you to know that it's never too late to have a, a positive influence. You may not be able to undo the past, but you can make the future different. So own that. Claim that. Make the future different. Now, Psalm 127, 3 and 4, children are a reward, a blessing, a gift. Their arrows we aim. But that psalm begins. Listen, it's, This is the same psalm. You know how it begins? Look up here at verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. If you try to do it your own way, hmm. He says, Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. All, it's in vain for you to get up early and to retire late, to eat bread and of your labor, and it's, it's, you know what he's saying? And and vain is mentioned three times in those two verses. Vain means empty, useless. It's not that we're not supposed to work hard. It's not that we're not supposed to get up early, go to bed, you know. But what he's saying is, is you can do your best and try your hardest, but if you do it without God, it's never going to be what God can make it. And then it's after that he says, remember, now children are a gift from God. Do it God's way, not your way. Do it God's way. And there are arrows you aim in life while you're raising them. Do it God's way, not your way. You can work hard, but you better make sure God's in the equation. He's, he's setting the direction you're aiming. You see, one of the things you I, I'll just tell you right now. Next week and the week after that, you know what the main point of, of every sermon in this series is? God, number one... Marriage number two. God number one, marriage number two. God number one, marriage number two. And if you get those two right, you'll raise your kids well. Because that's God's way. Our world doesn't understand that. All right, now. One more passage. Just turn forward a few pages to Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5. Some more biblical insight. Proverbs chapter 5. Verse 15. Now he, he's in, in, in this chapter he's talking about adultery and faithfulness and marriage and sex. And he says in verse 15, drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Now he's not talking about literal water, he's talking about the sexual relationship between a husband and wife. He said, should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and and not for strangers. So he's talking about sexual faithfulness. And then it's in the very next verse, verse 18, he says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. So he's talking to people who've been married a while. I think this is applicable to people who are in the summer season of marriage. Verse nineteen is a loving hind, a, a young, uh, a young female deer, as a loving hind and a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and be exhilarated always with her love. So he, he talks in the first three verses we read about sexual faithfulness, and here in these, these next two verses he talks about sexual satisfaction and passion. That that's to be part of marriage, and yes. During the summer season of raising kids, now are things different when you're raising kids than when you don't have kids, or after the kids are gone? Yeah, but the priorities don't change. Now, so, so some of you say, right, "Preacher, how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how, you know, it's all I can do to get out of bed and go to work and get home and go back to bed." All right, here's, here's a couple answers. Number one, you ready? Write this down. This is profound. This is deep. Oh, it is. Yeah. Number one, stop saying you can't. Stop saying you can't. Everything in life, listen to me. When you say you can't, I don't care what it is in life, what endeavor in life, when you say you can't, you won't. And as long as you keep saying you can't, you never will. Stop saying you can't. Number two, follow God's formula. Jesus first, marriage second, kids third. Until you own this, until you accept that your marriage is to be the a priority every season, it's never going to be as fresh as you want it to be. You have to own that, accept that, and work at making that a reality. Now, is it easier for Monisa and me to have time together and do things together now than it was when we were raising kids? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But because we did not say we can't, we found ways when we were raising kids. Maybe not the same way we do now, but there were ways. And you have to find your way by saying you can and you will. See, summer's hard and summer's busy and summer's taxing. And here's a lesson I learned in life, not just marriage but in life. The busier you are, the more important it is in those busy seasons to be able to clearly define what matters most and then do something about it. Because if you don't, busyness will keep you distracted with everything else so that what matters suffers. The busier you are, the more important focus becomes. And you can't focus without knowing and saying, These are my priorities in this order. And I'll make a way. I'll find a way. And you work together to do that. Now, here's some practical guidance. Ready? Number one, be there. You got to be there for your kids. I remember sitting out at those ball fields in the heat, those long baseball games, watching Stephen play baseball. Not just when he was a little boy, but when he was in high school playing baseball at Rock Hill High. And baseball's, a, I mean, basketball's over in about two hours. We went to a baseball game Friday night and it lasted four hours. I remember those days. I, I did that stuff. You got to be there for your kids. You want them to you want them to know you were there. But you also have to be there for each other. It's amazing how we show up for everyone and everything else in life, and we say during the summer season, if we're not careful to our spouse, I'm going to be there during the fall. And what happens when you do that is during the summer, the flower begins to wilt. And by the time you get to fall, it it, it may be really wilted or it may be dead. And you don't want that. You, you, You have to put some water on it from time to time during the summer. So be there for your kids. But you've got to be there for each other. Number two, develop some routines. Develop routines for your kids. I mean, you all know this when they're little. They need routine, right? You, kids need routine and structure. Without it, they become yard apes. And drive you crazy. And then they grow up not knowing how to function in the real world where there's structure and routine and expectations. Kids need routine and structure. But guess what? Your marriage needs it. There need to be some boundaries, and you've got to figure out what those are, but you need to put some boundaries and some routines in place that allow for you and her, you and him, to be us, to be a couple, even while raising your kids. We all do that different ways, but you've got to find a way to do that. you got to build some routines. A simple one I mentioned earlier, one little thing... We, we just said we're gonna hold hands all the time. That's a little routine. But you know what? When you when you when when there's when there's constant loving touch, it's hard to stay mad and grow distant. When you, when you stop kissing, man, what's wrong with you? And I mean more than just a quick peck. I mean lay it on her. Don't ever get out of the habit. Y'all didn't expect to hear that in church, did you? God said, be exhilarated. Y'all know what he means, don't you? Hey, and here's number three. Do some grown-up things together. Do some grown-up things. (laughs) <laughs> because when when you're raising your kids, you spend so much time doing little people stuff. You forget what it's like to be an adult. Do some grown-up stuff. Do some couple stuff. Looks different with every family and every couple, but sit down, talk, and figure figure it out. We, we, we made some mistakes, but we, we made, made it through it. We did some stuff. There are a lot of couples here. Listen. Remember last week, all you who stood because you've been married 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, there's a lot of people in this church who figured it out and did it well. And you can too if you make it a commitment and and, and you get after it.